0: Behind closed doors. This is Beer BBBs. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Michael. Jason, what are we talking about
0: today? Today we're going to discuss 1945's My Name is Julia Ross, Columbia Pictures, Concise, 64 Minutes. Michael, what are we drinking today?
1: We're drinking Bessie English style brown ale from Angry Ferret Brewing. Cheers. Cheers. How do you like this
0: it's good it's
1: tasty isn't it, it i is. mean it's like uh there's a chocolatey notes it's just it's a great brown ale yeah. i just we have to thank them because they kind of they hooked us up on this one i found them we went to moore park to do some brewery hopping angry ferret's a cool name and they specialize in english and irish beers which i think is great because yeah. I, I love those styles brown ales you know your ales and stouts and it's a super cool little spot thank you angry ferret
0: Something different rather than just, oh, we have IPAs here.
1: I mean, you can throw a Super Bowl down a street out here. Yeah. I mean, and throughout the country, but especially Southern California, you're going to bounce it off like 20 places that do 20 IPAs. I just love the fact they did this. I tried this. It's rich, chocolatey, easy drinking. It's something you could just... Great color. Yeah. It's, so, it's nice. 4.8%. So you picture yourself at a pub eating some fish and yeah. chips and drinking this or watching My Name is Julia Ross, which is set... <laughs> In England, it's we set. go from London to Cornwall. Cornwall. I mean, it's really Southern California. It's also—I don't agree. It's considered a film noir in some circles. I studied noir. I never came across this Gothic <laughs> noir that you made up. <laughs> it has noir characteristics. It has, and it's mostly, I think, because it's it, the way it's shot. There are some angles, some lighting techniques that are noir-like, but I think this is more like a gothic melodrama.
0: Do you think it's probably because Joseph Lewis, who we discussed in our Film Noir episode, since he did Gun Crazy, he did the big combo, do you think it also gets thrown in there because of him?
1: Uh, Oh, absolutely. He did, I mean, he started in westerns, and he did a whole bunch of stuff. He's really known for the noir, and deservedly so, because Gun Crazy, I love that movie. It's It's a fantastic movie, and it is one of the best film noir Films noir is technical, but that just sounds so pretentious. Films noir. But anyway, no, he did that. So I think so. And I mean there there is a crime being committed here, and this isn't taking place in the place in the criminal world, kind of in the high society world. You picked it.
0: Yeah, I picked it Why? because I saw it on a bunch of B movie lists. Particularly during the golden age of B movies. This was a B movie at Columbia. It Was a little different. It was when Columbia was trying to do their fewer and better B movie initiative, where they gave um, a bigger budget, basically from hundred thousand to two hundred thousand, and more shooting days, from six days to twelve days. And in fact, I think Joseph Lewis actually took eighteen days to do this. You know, it but they like, did think it was a better B movie production.
1: It doesn't have that like I don't want to say cheapness, but it has like a bigger sweep to it than a lot of your B-movies that you find. I mean, a lot of exteriors or like big shots that that kind of take it to me where you almost go, well, is this even a B-movie? I know it is, but it has the look of something that's a little grander that aspires to a little more than the B-movie.
0: And in fact, I think in some locations, this was put on the A-reel like as their, their major movie, even though it came from their B-movie segment of their production company.
1: I saw the remake. The, in, the, in the mid to late 80s, there was a movie, Dead of Winter, with Roddy McDowell and Mary Steenburgen. And I remember watching that. That movie, I remember it was a lot scarier. But it was an actual remake of this. So in a way, I saw this before I saw it.
0: It is 65 minutes. It is a tight movie. I enjoyed it. It could have been on a Alfred Hitchcock Presents. It could have been on board, like the thriller episodes. The basic plot is... Julia Ross wakes up one day and she's being told that she's someone else in this very convoluted plot to basically cover up a murder that took place by this family.
1: It's a very scary idea. Yeah. Sometimes I found it, you know, it's, it. I found myself chuckling and they weren't making a comedy in this one because it does come off as a little funny. But it is a scary idea. They drug her and remove her from where she knows. Yeah. She and they knows. erase her
0: identity. Yeah. Which is a scary idea. Like to have everything about you destroyed and people saying, you're not Michael. You're David. You're just crazy that you can't remember this. And
1: convincing everyone around. Even people who aren't in on the scheme. They take pity on her. They think because everybody's convinced. They start calling her Marion. Just the idea of everybody around not believe. I forgot my idea. My point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, I was going to
0: say the actress herself, she went on and she actually started teaching. And I believe she taught at the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts. The actress' name was Nina. How would you say her? her folk? F-O-C-H. I F-O-C-H? It's folk. Folk. Some of her students were Julia Andrews, John Ritter,
1: She does a good job. I will say that the acting across the board in this is solid.
0: One last thing. We do have to say that it was based off a book. There was a... um,
1: The Woman in Red. By
0: Anthony Gilbert, who was a pseudonym for actually a female writer, Lucy Beatrice Mallison, who wrote a lot of crime novels. So
1: as I said, I don't believe this is a film noir. It does kind of open with like the most noir of shots. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's dark gets stormy night. It's 99.
1: night, it's raining. <laughs> Julia Ross is arriving home at this boarding house that she's at and she's just walking through the rain and it is. It's that classic if you're making just one still of film noir, a rainy per- person walking through the rain at night.
0: And it sets the stage like something dreary and
1: dark. And she doesn't have an umbrella. It was something I noticed she doesn't have an umbrella, so it's like I mean, she's down and out. She's in a bad spot. Just that shot of her walking up kind of hunched and it's she's hunched because of the rain but I also think like life is defeating her
0: right now I feel the same thing where they're trying to set like she has limited choices so when she's given this option yes she jumps at
1: it you know I would too because when she gets there I mean she's behind on her rent a little bit and the housekeeper Bertha is this cockney lady (laughs) who's just rude she does the chip on the shoulder working class person um, you know about real work is like cleaning Julia Ross is looking for like a secretary job, and she sort of sniffs at that. Yeah. You know, that's not real work.
0: Yeah. Secretaries sitting in, writing all day. You call that work? And Julia Ross has just walked home from a hospital stay. She had a, a I believe it's appendicitis. Bertha even says, my sister had her appendix out, and she was scrubbing the next week, <laughs> and she's dead. <laughs>
1: So Ber- Bertha is this great contradiction, great yeah. So it's complete contradiction and everything because Julia Ross, she picks up a paper and goes, oh, here's one employment agency I haven't gone to yet. Kind of funny when you watch the rest of it, you go, you probably shouldn't have. Because part of this scheme, I'm just going to say it, part of this scheme is these people open an employment agency in London because they're looking for a specific type of woman.
0: Also, she's notified that her former neighbor, Mr. Bruce, there was a wedding invitation that had arrived the day before. And that uh, Bruce got married.
1: Life has given her a lot of lemons.
0: So <laughs> she looks at that Allison Employment Agency and she's like, I'm going to go into that office.
1: Why not? You need a gig.
0: She heads down to the Allison Employment Agency and it's a great use of shadow showing the agency name in the reflection. <laughs> Once again, film noir elements. It
1: is a, it is a noir shot, yeah. very much and
0: so. She is interviewed by Miss Sparks, who at first I thought was the the actress who played the Wicked Witch. She looks she like looks it. She looks just like it. Yes. She's, um, she's
1: a. She has a type, and she just looks like somebody I wouldn't trust. Yeah. Would
0: you be put off guard if they kept asking you at this employment agency, like, are you really sure you don't have any other family I around you? Like, we <laughs> wouldn't be sure And because well, <laughs> we have high demand.
1: <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it, that is a red flag.
0: And they want you to move in tonight.
1: Julia Ross is the perfect mark for yeah. what these people need because, for one thing, those don't set off any bells in her mind no, because she's desperate. She is. She is very desperate. And another red flag, Jason, I would say is, oh, the people just happen to be around the corner. She tells Julia, her future employer, is right in the neighborhood, just so happens to be there. So Mrs. Hughes and her son Ralph show up to look her over and go, oh, you you fit the bill. and
0: Let's hire you. Done deal.
1: Even here's some cash up front. So Julia's thinking, oh, I took the lemons life's been giving me. I'm making some lemonade now. Yeah, I've been
0: rewarded for the labors that have been yes. put on my shoulders. So
1: she goes back because she is an honest person. She's going to go back and give the money, to pay up on her rent.
0: But there's some clues when she departs. First of all, Miss Hughes says she's perfect, and Ralph Hughes says there is even a small resemblance. And then they went in to make sure that like, call Peters in. They're like, Peters, did she see you? And he's like, No. I'm like, okay. Close up the agency. We've done, and you're like, "What is going
1: on?" Uh, right there. You're, you're just. I. It's like something you would see in the Batman series exactly. back in the sixties. Like, like, how long the, did they have
0: that employment agency yeah, made for that one person? I
1: mean, <laughs> you're, you you got to rent the space. This plot reminds me of the opening of a Columbo episode where the person is going through all these machinations to murder somebody, and it, you're just going, "Wow, that is a lot." We don't know how long that that place was open. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe Mrs. Hughes was was a young lady when it opened. Who knows?
0: But Julia's, her peril has been put in by happenstance because if she hadn't been down in her luck and she hadn't seen that ad, everything had to line up. It was all these little things had to line up where you're like, If oh, she hadn't so
1: turned Bertha's offer to scrub floors down. So she goes back, her landlady, Miss Mackey, she wants to give her the money and a note because she's got a skedaddle. She's got a new gig and Miss Mackey isn't there. But Bertha is. So she says, hey, here's the rent I own. Here's a note. She can send the receipt because I'm going to be staying at this place in London. As soon as she leaves, the working class Bertha, who's going on about honest day's work type of stuff, tears up the note and steals the money. What a great character.
0: She's fantastic. And you're introduced to... Dennis. uh, Dennis. Dennis
1: sure is a nice guy. He's from the 40s. Yeah. And
0: as Julia's trying to leave... She sees that her former neighbor, who was supposedly married already, is now back. And she said, so, did you get married? He's like, well, yes and no. I mean, clearly the answer is no. He didn't get married.
1: <laughs> For the time is kind of a thing. Clearly likes Julia.
0: I mean, he said one of the issues that his wife-to-be had is that he kept referring to her as Julia. Which should have been a red like, a red flag.
1: As I as I watched this, I thought, why were you with this other woman? What Man. were the what were the pros?
0: I think it probably had to do with class. Oh, I think so. I think and, it was very was much the
1: yeah, high society he was marrying in his class or he had this woman was not walking through the rain without an umbrella looking for a job, but at the same time he ends up with her anyway. Oops, well, spoiler alert. Exactly. Oh that's right. Did we say spoiler alert? No, he didn't.
0: He and he even says, Hey Julia, why don't you come out with me tonight? So I can figure out why I'm not upset about my marriage failing.
1: Again, this sort of behavior in that time seems like pushing the limits of the hays code a little bit. You're like, hey, wait! You're almost implying that this Julia might have broke up this engagement, and he doesn't care. But Julia's gone, and she's like, I got, I, gotta I got to go, gotta go, Dennis. He does
0: agree to meet with him.
1: She goes to this address in London, knocks on the door. Ralph answers the door hey come on in when he closes it we slowly go in on the door knocker it's a lion's head when she walks through that door and it closes she's entered the lion's den I don't think that was happenstance a coincidence
0: and right off this is the second real shot you've seen of Ralph there's something wrong with him
1: the actor does a great job Jason because he is even before you find out he's just an overgrown kid who likes to play with knives he's unsettling Makes your skin crawl a
0: little bit. He's played by um, an actor named George McReady, who was known for playing villains across genres. Everything from the alligator people to the return of Count Yorga.
1: This next twist, it just would throw me. Her reaction in some ways, a lot more tempered than I feel it should have been. because
0: She goes to bed. I'm assuming they drugged her.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, is that
0: what your, the implication is that Ralph drugged her that night? Because
1: yeah, here's hey, have some more milk, and we we loaded it up with yeah. you know whatever <laughs> knockout pills, barbiturates, <laughs> I don't know, but but yeah, Goofballs. So, exactly, <laughs> totally, big time goofballs going on in this one. But you're right, you're right. She goes to bed. Mrs. Hughes, Ralph, and Peters are in a room. They dump out her purse, and Mrs. Hughes just basically says, "Get rid of her stuff."
0: They burn her stuff. And so it's like they're burning, they're destroying who she was. All the items that would identify her. Which
1: downtown. in this day of identity theft, this movie <laughs> says has, has a message. Has a message for you. <laughs> the first time you see this, you're going, this woman's in huge danger. Yes. There's something really creepy going on here. After that, she wakes up. Immediately, I'm not in the same bed I went to sleep in. Which would be off-putting. And then she looks, she's wearing a monogram, monogram pajamas. I think the sheets, everything's monogrammed.
0: Marion Hughes, M.H. on it.
1: She looks out the window. It's clearly not London.
0: Post of Cornwall now.
1: Yes, so they're out on the coast. I mean, I would be, I feel like a lot more over the top, hysterical, would have been my reaction.
0: And that's one thing about her character where she stays calm and never believes the gaslighting that's taking place on her. Because you're right. If I woke up and all of a sudden I'm in a different location... And people are referring to me a different name. The housekeeper, Alice, says, Oh, let me get your husband to come in here. And Ralph walks in. And then Miss Sparks from the employment agency walks in. She identifies herself as the housekeeper. I want to ask you about the beer real quickly. Angry Ferret, did they have any explanation how they chose that name?
1: Yes, actually. They, <laughs> well, they how about some learning? <laughs> they, they, they have ferrets, their logo. Is a ferret that looks like it's. Re- I said it's a ferret that's being pulled by its leash, being pulled away from a beer. So it's, you know, that's what it looks like. I thought the whole idea of uh, Angry Ferret was great also because of the, the English style. I mean, English pubs often have like the slaughtered lamb yeah. in American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Well, like you would almost think Angry the Ferret. Pony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they have all these interesting names for pubs. Oh, Angry Ferret would actually be a great name for a pub. The beers are great. It's a cool little spot. Been around, I think, a little over a year. I have checked with a lot of my friends, and Moore Park is a little far from where we live. Yeah. In my circle of people, I discovered this place. Like nice. no, nobody had known about it. Again, cheers. cheers. I, I love the color too. I mean, as far as brown ales go, this thing is just spot on. No, it it's is. really drinkable. I'm a huge fan of this style.
0: It's a sunny day in SoCal, but it's. Cool, it is, and this beer goes perfect with it because you imagine they're on the coast of Cornwall. Think of Daphne de More, her novels like Rebecca and Jamaica I, Inn is another one. <laughs> a
1: place where I would be drinking a lot of Bessie yeah. <laughs> brown ales from Angry Ferret if you're on Cornwall. You're, just, you're going, I went outside, and then you go in, and you go, Ugh. nice brown ale and, and some soup. Like, you have a nice chowder, you're on the coast, you probably have a lot of seafood chowders. <laughs> I would drink this and eat chowder from a bread bowl all day.
0: <laughs> Before we get back, Dennis and Julia were supposed to have a date that night, and she doesn't show up.
1: It's really that date in some way saves her because he, yeah. he sort of goes, this isn't
0: right. He goes to the Hughes house, and there's no one there.
1: But the cop. Yeah. Who's <laughs> that classic cop walking <laughs> the like, Oh, hello, sir. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find anybody there. And Dennis
0: <laughs> refers to Julia as my girl already. And so then he goes, I'm going to go to Miss Mackey's place. And at first, the only person there is Bertha. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Miss Mackey gets the inkling because Bertha is her daughter. She's like, what are you holding out me? Yeah. She's like, ah, I took the money. Well,
1: yeah, uh, Bertha slips up and says something about she, she Well, she only left this. Oh, yeah. Oh, Miss <laughs> <laughs> Mackey. Yeah, she does immediately and, throws down.
0: And Bertha does one of these things because Dennis is like, oh, then. She's like, since you tore it up, you must have read the address. She's like, I don't read other people's mails. I'm fine with tearing it up. <laughs> Dennis goes to the agency.
1: This is a great little scene. It is it because I know it does. It serves no purpose it, except the actor who plays. He, he's, he has a, a an office next to the agency, yes. and Dennis is going, "Hey, whoa, And this He lady, owns the building. He does, and he sounds like a man who owns the building. <laughs> you know,
0: Red, the actor's name was Reginald Sheffield. He's basically saying, listen, they're gone. People they, come to this building a lot and disappear. Yeah. And,
1: and, and what, what do you care anyway? You should be out carousing. Yeah. He's basically trying to get Dennis. I think he wants to go drinking with him yeah, or something. Like, You're like,
0: nights for play. <laughs> and I wanted him to say, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know yeah.
1: what I mean? Know what I mean? <laughs> I couldn't quite figure out if he was trying to pick Dennis up or if he just wanted to go boozing and, and you know. Carousing Yeah, with exactly. Him. Catting around with, with Dennis.
0: So Julia is awoken. She's being gaslit
1: Everybody's referring to her as Mrs. Hughes yeah. and at first she's just sort of incredulous like this like and, and in a way that does make a little sense that, that you might just go are you serious?" Yeah. I mean that's how she feels. like you guys are idiots
0: She basically stays in a room and all since night someone is entering her room which is even creepier.
1: That's another kind of a, the German expressionism it's horror gothic noir shot of a, a shadow of a hand yeah. across the, the duvet.
0: She screams.
1: She throws something at a mirror and breaks because Ralph does pick up the piece. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, that was weird. She throws and breaks the mirror, screaming. They come in. She's barmy. Her maid Alice refers to her as barmy, which is <laughs> sort of a derogatory term for somebody who's not you know mentally unwell. Yeah. They keep pushing this. You're yeah. Marion. You're Marion, and she's saying someone was in here, and they they said. Something that should be a big red flag. No, we locked you in. The room was locked. You couldn't get in. No one could get in. And you can't get out. You start getting more of a creep because Ralph picks up a piece of the broken mirror. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's just... He, 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 he'd be creeper, dude. <laughs> he really is, man. He is a, he is a total creepster. And and Mrs., Mrs. Hughes scolds him. Stop playing with broken glass. It's been three days since Dennis has heard from her.
0: Yeah, And he's not letting it go. So Julie is up in her room looking for secret hideaways. She asks... Alice, to help her, Miss Hughes, the woman who hired her, walks in. is like, if there was a mirror Hughes, where is she? What did you do with her? Julia decides, I'm going to dress. I'm going to try to figure my way out of this. I do like the camera angle because when she's dressed and walking down the stairs, the camera angle has shadows of basically what amounts to bars across her. Like she is stuck in this house.
1: If people are trying to make you believe you're someone else, clearly there was a someone else. Where are they? And you have to assume the worst. And if that's the case, why do they need someone to stand in? In her head, I think that's a moment where she kind of went, I'm in more trouble than I thought. Yeah, like, she, This isn't just a bunch of weirdos.
0: Because she eavesdrops on Ralph and Miss Hughes mm-hmm. talking. And that's the first time we see Ralph playing <laughs> with his knife again.
1: <laughs> and and also she's scolding him because he has, Julia has bruises on her arm. And we find out later, it's like, this is kind of something, it's a pattern.
0: He said, well, I had to force her to drink the tea. So I'm thinking, oh, so they really did drug her. And she doesn't even have a memory of, of that. Imagine having to hold someone so tightly to force tea down their mouth. It's a scary thing.
1: And he's playing with a knife, which she confiscates and puts in a drawer. And when she opens the drawers, it's full of knives and there's an ice pick. She keeps a drawer of things she has to take from her grown adult son.
0: That is a creepy scene. You know something's wrong. And because
1: I, later he yoinks one. It's a very subtle little yoink. It's like, that but he, my favorite night. Yeah, and he's just, like, ooh, slips it into his pocket. And you're, you're going, wow, you are a five-year-old.
0: And I thought of Christmas Story. Ralphie and his classmates were joking with the teacher, and she pulled out this drawer filled with practical jokes yes. from chattering teeth to... That oh, was dangerous. fun. That was fun. <laughs> this is this a is little grown more- man. So Julia...
1: She, she- bolts. Yeah. She's, she thinks she's going to leave now. Yeah.
0: She gets outside. It's a beautiful... It's clearly... This is when you realize, oh, this is in Southern California.
1: This is not Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. We're not in Cornwall. No, but no, she no. is in the Hotel California. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, it's like, you can't leave.
0: <laughs> Ralph... Caesar he calmly walks out picks up a switch and he starts hitting something. riding
1: crap it's a right he's walking with a riding crap and it is it is very childlike behavior it's that spoiled child i've got you trapped you can't get away i can take my time she wants to get out she said i want to go for a walk and the groundskeeper says i've got my orders i can't let you out and she's saying you know please you know help me and it's a kind of interesting thing you see that these people are from wealth because they do actually have the phone out by the gate, which I think at that time was not a common deal. So this is when she does one of her yoinks. It was a Monty Python moment in the Holy Grail when the sun is in the castle and he's and he's just, scribbles and he scribbles a note and he's nodding, he's nodding. That's <laughs> totally that. And then he just shoots the arrow and poor sweet Concord, you know. But it is, it's total. She writes, to, when the guy turns away to call in, she takes, a tears a, a piece of his paper, writes a note, and she wraps it around a rock and whoop, does a quick, Toss out into the street. I don't know about you. I don't go around picking up trash. It
0: I'm, was a desperate. she? Knew it
1: it, it was. was. I mean, and I totally get it. But I just thought it was kind of funny. I thought, yeah. what do you hope yeah. is going to happen? You're like, there's a there's a carriage coming down the road, and she thinks those people are going to go. Oh look, there's a piece of paper on the ground. <laughs> yeah, let's see what it <laughs> says. Might have a secret message. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we should read it. We are on a scavenger hunt. <laughs>
0: And and the reason we know that this is actually filmed in California, besides B5 Columbia, that mansion is the historic Hillgrove residence in Beverly Hills.
1: So Ralph, of course, shows up. You don't need to walk out there. We'll, We'll take a big walk around the grounds. And they go. And this is a moment where I thought, wait, isn't this an easy escape route for her? Because their grounds lead to the ocean. I mean, couldn't you just go down to the beach and get out? It would end the movie early. But then Ralph starts, he starts talking about some creepy stuff. She's faking it, but she, this is where she's she says, I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to gain their confidence. Yes. And pretend that, yeah, maybe I am Marion Hughes. And Ralph takes this as a green light, like, oh, I'd rather remember our, our honeymoon. I
0: know. <laughs> he forces, teacher, forces
1: himself on her. Yeah.
0: He basically grabs her and tries to kiss her and she runs off and the scene fades.
1: Ralph also tells that creepy story about the sea. And how the sea keeps its secrets and never gives things away. It's this code where he's just basically telling her, I killed my wife and we threw her in the ocean. You know what I mean? It's
0: it's the the Dennis method. It's the implication.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's listening to his story and she's going, this guy's a nut job. This guy's sick. He's sort of telling me, like, huh? This happened, and now it's going to happen to you. It's that moment in The Hitcher when Rucker Hauer is is talking about the people. He's like, I cut off their their legs, arms, head, and now I'm going to do the same thing to you. It's just terrifying. Ralph is a terrifying character.
0: Acting in this is top notch. It's a tight little gothic thriller. Later on, guests arrive. Now, Julia... Who does he think is actually arriving?
1: She thinks help. Yeah. She thinks someone picked up her note. Someone
0: picked up that note?
1: Yeah. Got to the police? Mrs. Hughes tells Ralph, go lock her in her room. When his mom turns, looks away for a moment, he really quickly sn- my snatches knife. a knife and puts it in his pocket because <laughs> he has to have a knife.
0: And these are just the welcoming committee from the village. Like, hey, you moved in. We're just here to say hi. They're all
1: front seat sitters. Yeah. We find this out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. They all have to sit in the front seat. So, Julia. I'm a prisoner! She, yes. I guess, what do you do in that moment? Going in and yelling and screaming, being hysterical, might not be the best approach. That might be, be a time to like, go shake someone's hand, slip them the note. Mrs. Hughes and Ralph are just basically like, oh, that's, that's our Miriam. She's hysterical. Yeah, she's sick, and we, just, we love her so much. And, and everybody, of course, pities her, which, again, Jason, would be the height of despair and fear. Just the fact that these are squares, you know, these are just regular folk and I can't get help. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. And they even take pity on Ralph about, like, basically, oh, this poor guy, is, his wife is, is crazy. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, he just yanked a and knife. The
0: complete wrong, imp- this is when you talk about impressions, the complete wrong impression of am I'm, pr-
1: I'm, I'm a pretty good judge of character. I think if I met Ralph, I'd go, that dude's creepy. Yeah. I think I believe the crazy woman. <laughs> we should investigate this a little more because. But they
0: take off all in the front seat. And yep. they talk about, like, what a nice group of people.
1: <laughs> I know. What a, <laughs> Poor what, Ralph. Great addition to the community. And Julia's in the back seat.
0: I don't know. When I get in my car, I generally have a sense if there's other people in the car. I don't know if I've ever opened the car. All of a sudden later on, I was like, whoa.
1: Someone's in the car. Someone's in
0: the car with me. That happens me. in
1: movies, but it, does, <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Not in real life. I don't think so. I hope it doesn't. I know. I don't ever want to get in my car <laughs> and miss that there's someone laying <laughs> in the back seat.
0: Is it the vicar who's driving? Mm-hmm. And he realizes there's someone laying in the back seat
1: because they get slowed down and Julia thinks if they get slow enough i'm just going to open the door and jump out
0: Ralph realized that she had left in that car so he's actually driving towards them and the vicar's like uh oh i need to change take this crazy lady back to her household
1: They stop Ralph says hey have you seen my wife they go yeah she's in the back seat <laughs> very calm you know everyone's very calm about this this is kind of the point where Ralph and his mom they're going hey everybody knows she's crazy we're going to do away with her. We're going to wrap this up.
0: Back in the house, they're plotting and working on their, their best alibi. Ralph tries to visit Julie again. And he's like, that's not a friendly way to greet your husband.
1: He tries to force himself on her, again. And she slaps him. Yeah. This is what happened with his with his wife because he goes from just like a creepy, creepy dude to someone that's very terrifying. You know, and, He's and a psychopath. there are people in this world that are like yeah. this, and it's very scary because yeah. this dude is very scary. And if it was him and him alone, that would have been the end of Julia, and they would have had to open another agency. <laughs> Damn it, Ralph. <laughs> his own Groundhog's Day of his own of his own design
0: because he tries to force her. He's going to toss her from the window. And it's only stopped by the maid walking in. And they Alice also realize, uh, I'm trying to prevent her from jumping to the window. Like, we need these it's, bars. It's
1: hilarious. <laughs> He's like, oops. Yeah.
0: And the look on his face. Like, even Alice, I think at that time, not intentionally. Starts thinking there's something she's like, going wait on. wait a second. That did not look
1: right. It <laughs> certainly <laughs> didn't look like he was trying to prevent her from (laughs) so julia now has another plan she's writing a note and this is actually super super clever because she's writing a note and she wants to go for a ride with alice she's like hey alice you know help me we can get out and go out and do stuff and hughes mrs hughes and ralph come in and they say hey that's actually a good idea drive would do you some good and she goes to get dressed the note happens to be poking out from underneath
0: and at that point, when I first watched that movie, I think, "Oh my gosh, she didn't hide that very well." I Why just would kept she going.
1: I know. I was just like, "Oh no, Julia, Julia!" And then
0: later on, you realize she's playing three D chess. She's
1: playing three D <laughs> Star Star Trek chess, man, <laughs> because Mrs. Hughes takes it, looks, opens it, and it is. It's you know, she's writing to Dennis yeah. saying, you know, basically, <laughs> I'm being kidnapped, yo, and they're gonna kill me. And she goes, oh, she takes the note out, replaces it with a blank sheet of paper and says, let her mail it. Mrs. Hughes thinks, check. Yeah. We're going to win her confidence a little bit. So they go for this ride and it's a great shot because, I mean, it's clearly they're not driving. But Alice is in the back seat and you think she had never been in her car, never been on any sort of ride. You, could, I've never seen anybody happier to just be driving through a village. And Julia, it's another sneaky look, she takes the blank note out and replaces it. So that was her game and that yeah. was super brilliant it on her was. part. And Ralph says, you know, you can you, you can post it and she goes, you're not going to let me mail it anyway. And he's like, "Hey, you haven't you haven't sealed it." And she said, "Well, you know, you're just going to read it." He licks the licks the envelope, closes it himself, and he goes, "You know, go ahead, mail it." Cuz he thinks he's so smart.
0: And that night they return and a man of his word. There are bars on her window now.
1: Everybody wishes they could get that sort of turnaround. <laughs> exactly, I mean, it's like you're getting work done in your house. Literally, a, a family of bees. Exactly. To get that done.
0: But she hears a cat crying and finds a hidden panel to a secret passageway. <laughs> Which I do,
1: I do love it. But why is there a secret passage? I, know. I mean, why is there ever a secret passage? I know in castles they have them, but what is the point? The only reason to have this secret passage is to be a creep.
0: And here's my thinking, too.
1: Is got a fire escape?
0: Later on, we realize that if the Hughes don't have the money. It was Ralph's first wife. So my assumption is that this is her estate. <laughs> it wasn't Ralph and his mom putting the secret passageway in. This secret passageway already existed.
1: The first Mrs. Hughes yeah. was some sort of superhero. Yeah. Or she was out fighting crime. She'd sneak out that <laughs> way.
0: Julie... Creeps down this secret passageway, and she overhears Miss Hughes and Ralph planning her, her murder. Because this one, at first, I'm thinking the whole time, the first one, well, I watched it, like Michael and myself, of course, we watched it several times. The first time, I'm thinking, oh, they're really going to try to force her to be this guy's wife. And then I like, no, no, no. Now we learn because Ralph killed his wife. First wife. She
1: shouldn't have cried, she shouldn't and have cried. she slapped him. She fin- shouldn't do that to Ralph because she found out he do- he didn't have the money he pretended he had.
0: He was a liar. But the way he had done it, his mom felt we could never go to the police because you had scratches on your face. You looked like you had been in a fight.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> your hand marks were on her. At that, you're, that point, you're, you're not as a stable a mom, you person. You should be going. Uh, you should be locked away. Yeah,
0: there's a movie.
1: We need with, to talk about Kevin. We need to talk about... Tilda this, Swinton. T- t- yeah. We're, we're a cool movie. Creepy, creepy movie. You,
0: there's a point where you realize like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my child.
1: Yes. And and, and nobody really is believing her. It's, a, yeah. it's a, That's a good movie. I mean, I don't have kids. You do. But I feel like even if you... No matter how much you love your kids, the point where they're murdering their, their spouse for no real reason and you know they're crazy... Law, good parenting lost. is not about keeping yeah. your your murdering son <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of out of trouble. Sometimes good parenting is admitting Ralph needs to be put away. Institutionalized because <laughs> I can't keep opening these employment agencies.
0: Exactly, <laughs> like all our money is going to these so, employment agencies. So
1: you know, at this point, you know Julia is going. Oh, I don't know if I have time to wait for Dennis. Yeah. This is coming to light. This is
0: happening. Yeah, I have to solve my situation myself. There there is no help coming really for me. I have to rely on myself because she hears that their plan is we need to kill her and make it look like suicide.
1: She feels so much despair that she finds the obligatory bottle of poison. I think she for a moment she contemplates taking her own life. Would you rather be murdered or commit suicide? Those are your two options. But then she goes, no, nope, I'm gonna I got another scheme. So she and fakes it.
0: Julia, they believe has poisoned herself.
1: Sure. Mrs. Hughes is like, yeah, this could be a sneak. She and, might be pulling a and sneak.
0: I, you know, I've never been poisoned, but Miss Hughes says, bring up some egg whites, some milk and mustard, and I'm not sure what she's trying to make, except that maybe... Something that's so vomit. awful tasting to force you to vomit. I, Drinking mustard that would probably make me vomit and everything like that. Or the, mustard with milk. Egg
1: whites, milk. And yeah, not cooking it. You know, because it's like maybe you're making some sort of quiche. But yeah. <laughs> you know that I think they were going to make her vomit. But she goes, you know what? Here's the thing. If she did poison herself, she she did us a favor. Yeah. Great. <laughs> she <laughs> really did. And if she didn't, no harm done. Yeah. You know. So we're gonna have Pete. Is it Peter?
0: They said, well, we'll get you a doctor. And of course, they shoot it where you only see the doctor's back. And also, Julia's like, "Listen, um, I didn't really poison myself." And you know, here's what's going on. Also, you're like, "Bum bum bah, bah, It's Peter just sitting
1: there. <laughs> and by the way, it should be noted that when she overhears them talking about killing her, Ralph goes, "Let's not stop at her. We should get rid of Miss Sparks and Peter." I know. <laughs>
0: he's like, "Let's go on a killing spree." awful.
1: and honestly, Jason, if I'm his mom, I'm thinking, okay, if he's going that route. At what point am I on the list? Yeah. They all come in and they're like, ha, ah, because she admits to Peter's, I haven't really poisoned myself. Yeah. This is all yeah. a big ruse. Yeah. And they come in and basically, ha, ah, we got you. Yeah. And he goes, ah, you're not a doctor. Yeah. So they go, basically, they bring a real doctor. When the real doctor arrives, she doesn't believe it. The
0: doctor goes,
1: I want to take her in. And Mrs. Hughes goes, ah, oh, I don't think she planned on that. She, so she comes up with this whole thing.
0: And he wanted to come back that night to institutionalize. He's like, no, 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 come back the next day. Basically insinuating, like, this is the final day. The Hughes realized, there's one mistake we made. Even though we allowed her to send a blank note, it did get postmarked. Even if you get a blank note from someone, you realize where it came from. Like, ah, Shazbot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better, yeah. better get ready to open Boy, a new we,
1: agency. <laughs> we
0: messed that one up. So they send Peter's, like, you need to go back to London, and you need to get that note.
1: And I'll tell you what, man. Do not mess with Miss Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> because... Because he does, he sneaks it. He tells Miss Mackey he wants to get a, to rent a room, and he comes over, and then he's, and, and then he goes, oh, you know, and me and the kids will be back. And she goes, whoa, what? I love that, you know, the boarding house. Like he goes, I ain't having we no, got animals too. Yeah, I ain't <laughs> yeah. having no kids in here. And so when she turns away, he sneaks this letter. And she, had been, Dennis had paid her. That's yep. one thing we didn't talk about. Dennis had given Miss Mackey money. He paid her up front. Said, hey, if I get anything, you get it to me. So that was one of the reasons I think Miss Mackey was so on this because Peter sneaks the letter. And when she comes back, she goes, That's ba- that letter was basically money because he was going to give her more money if she brought it to him. And she goes, whoa, bro. And she <laughs> goes outside and like runs Peter's down. She's like, stop that, man. And I'm telling you, I get the, I get the impression like in that neighborhood, everyone's like, Miss Mackey is that, that neighbor that you love. But boy, she can be a, she can be a tough nut. She, you want her looking out for your house. But at the same time, she's going to tell you, you know, tell your kids to keep your ball out of my yard, yeah, you know, it's exactly. that, that neighbor. So it's like, <laughs> that's a good neighbor to have. So, But, yeah, she gets that letter back, and Dennis gets it. So, yeah, they're, they're going to murder her. And, yeah. again, they, they come up with this scheme. Ralph takes the top stair off of the staircase. And goes down. And this is very much a noir shot. Oh, yeah. Deep, deep Excellent. shot. German expressionism. It's a very cool well shot. And it's creepy because Julia's in bedroom. She hears her name. She thinks it's Dennis. It's being whispered. She goes, whoa, hey. Yeah. And she goes to the top of the stairs. And it's Ralph at the bottom of the stairs. It's just kind of a funny moment. Funny in the sense of he's he's basically, you know, I want to get you to step yeah. on the I'm empty oh, step. God, yeah. <laughs> and he's standing. It's a great shot.
0: It's him that all you can see is his eyes. And he's like, Julia. And she's asked like Dennis, he's like, Come down the stairs and he's whispering. But it's just the lights across his eyes basically saying like this is a ominous situation. Yes.
1: Deep, deep, dark no, shadows beautiful. all around except for the eyes, and he's yeah. just creeping creepy creepster.
0: Do stairs work that way? I mean, I grew up in a house and if you removed the floorboards of the stairs, there was another layer right there. I did not did grow it up drop
1: I did not grow up in a mansion in Cornwall. <laughs> You know, I grew up in the Maybe Midwest. that's how they did it. And, and we had stairs with carpet on them. I don't know. I never told them. The first thing, Jason, most stairs are built not to be so easily disassembled. I know.
0: Like, Ralph just literally took the floor. Yeah, this
1: is shoddy craftsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is because most stairs, like, you would have woke julia up yeah. like banging and trying no. to i mean i know We're it serves the purpose yeah. like it was yeah. like he'd been ralph had been planning this he's like i you know he's what like, one day i get to use yeah. the stairway like, to you kill me he's a killer yeah you can picture 10 year old ralph yeah. like taking the nails out of that and he goes you know someday this is gonna be on my list of ways to kill somebody trick him into walking in the dark but so, Julia has an
0: idea. did she runs back to her room and she screams and miss hughes and ralph's Run in, they break the door down, and they look out the window that had the bars. And she got through, and there's a figure laying on the rocks below. And at first, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I really wanted Julia to make it through this. I,
1: You know, Jason, I did too. And it, it, it leads to a real Scooby-Doo moment yeah. at, at the end. But, you know, so they they go out, and the doctor's arriving.
0: I got to ask you this. It looks like at night when they're looking out the window. But by the time they get down to the beach, so I'm assuming this happened, like, maybe at you know, right before dawn, like four thirty
1: a.m. That's yeah, four that's m. what I'm thinking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly my
0: thought. The doctor arrives and, and also Hughes oh. uses like, "Hey, Ralph, you need to run down there and make sure the cheese were really dead and not just like Wh- completely."
1: Which dead. is hilarious to me because we're not talking about like a twenty foot drop. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> it's like several hundred feet from that window to rocks, a rocky shore. You know, of course, Ralph goes, down. I think the only thing he likes more than killing people is probably looking at dead, dead bodies. bodies. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, so he's off really, awful very, very disturbed. Mrs. Hughes telling the doctor, oh, something terrible happened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Ralph goes down, and of course, it's Julia laying there. First of all, if I saw that body, I go, something's not right, yeah. because that body did not fall several hundred feet under rocks. Exactly. But Ralph goes over, and she's not dead. So he starts looking around. I think he's going to get a big rock. I think so, too. I think her. he's going to he's like, gonna you know, totally crush her scar. Her. Yeah.
0: skull. And right at that point, the police and Dennis arrive. She had not known, but the police had gotten hold of, because of Miss Mackey, gotten hold of Peters in London, and they knew something was going down. And so, just by happenstance, they shoved the beach at the same time. Because I'm thinking, what was her play? She didn't know the police were arriving.
1: Did she? Or, did, you
0: know, I mean... I mean, At that point, I don't know if they had arrived. They're like, hold on, let's get them in there. She
1: act. had to have known or she knew when she went down there, yep. Jason, because otherwise...
0: Why would she play dead? I would have ran.
1: So they don't explain it, but there had to be some sort of con- communication. I agree. Otherwise, yeah, you're just gonna die. You know, you're not gonna die from the fall. They're gonna kill you. They're gonna come down. They're not gonna, just gonna see the body and go, "Oh, day's over." Yeah. So they come out, grab Ralph. She gets up, and this just—I just love this. He goes, "He goes, but but we saw you," and, and she goes, "Ha, no, you didn't. <laughs> I just threw my gown out the window yeah. to make it look like it." First of all, just throwing a gown out the window and. It's not just going to land there. <laughs> no. I mean, she probably had to throw
0: multiple grabs.
1: Yes, exactly. Or at oh, least you know, went, put something the in the ground. You need some weight. You're not <laughs> yeah. just going to throw something off a cliff and it's going to land straight down. <laughs> Maybe there
0: she threw that catch she found.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, but it was. It just was funny to me the way she was like, "It wasn't me. It was the gown." <laughs> and Mrs. Hughes comes down and she's like, "She is playing this ski until oh, yeah. the she's end." Like, oh, she's, Julia! Oh, Mary! Mary oh, Mary, Mary, oh Mary! Oh, Mary! I'm so glad you're okay. She's like, "Dude." Seriously.
0: It's like, it's, and the police were like, come on. It's, yeah, lady, lady. And Ralph's like, I'm getting out of this. And he books it. And they just shoot him in the surf.
1: Yeah, shoot him in the back. Mrs. Hughes is screaming, no, no, no. And if I'm Julia, I'm watching this and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, why didn't I do that a while ago? As soon as you found that passage that led you to the shore, why didn't I just sneak out and leave? I know. Like, why did I go through all this? I didn't have to. So, of course, you know, we got a happy ending. Another reason it's not a film, is so yeah. It <laughs> can't have a happy ending. She's driving with Dennis. They're going back to London. She's, she's talking about getting a job. She's like, I got to find a job now.
0: It's such a silly ending because there's two jokes in it. One is, she's. I have to find a job. And he's like, well, you know, I kind of have a job for you. You know, if you'd be interested in, it's kind of a secretary, a nurse, a companion. And she's like, you mean like a wife? And she's like, I'll accept. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is that how you define wife, a secretary, a nurse?
1: Back then, yeah, you know, then, at least he said companion. Yes, like, true, true. I'm you gonna know. give him points for that. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. He, he was somewhat ahead of most men at that
0: time. But, and then well, there's that oh. one final joke where she's like, you know, maybe next time I'll ask for references. <laughs>
1: yeah. Boop, boop, yeah. Boop, boop, boop Again, a light-hearted <laughs> ending to what is is
0: really just a, a, a very b- dark movie when
1: you disturbing say. movie. Yeah. Actually, it makes me curious to to find the book to see how close they state of the book because it's an interesting concept
0: that ending could have been desi arnaz and lucille ball driving away after one i know I, episodes I, I
1: wonder if the book joke. is like that that's yeah. what i wonder you know what i will say there's no question about no ambiguity is this beer excellent thank you angry ferret uh for taking care of us they helped they they contributed this they gave us really nice At
0: moore park california
1: moore park absolutely if you're in that area it's, it's a,
0: ventura county i believe
1: you're the native
0: I'm going to say definitely That's Ventura County
1: (laughs) I think it is But uh, yeah I mean I drove far enough From where we live It felt like we had to be In another county Great time of year to go But um, no It's a cool little spot Again I love The English Irish styles The Bessie Brown Ale Cheers Cheers Such a tasty beer It went well with this discussion
0: Before I ask you If you'd recommend this I dug up an article (laughs) And it was in Noir City Center and this is from like 2008, and they talked about this subgenre of a subgenre called gothic noirs that existed for a very short time period. And one of the ones that this movie is very similar to is Gaslight. And they did say, and and this is where we're like, why do we throw everything under noir? Where really the only connection to noir is basically the camera angles and the shooting style. Because everything else, we're not dealing with the criminal Underworld.
1: No. I think I said this before we we, we started the discussion. I can't call something a film noir just based on camera angles. Otherwise, you know, you could watch an Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein movie and say, this is a film noir. I think it has more to do with Joseph Lewis's career. I will say this. Taking courses on film noir, never once did I come across, you know, like, oh, there's also this subgenre of gothic noir. It doesn't make me dislike it. His other one, the big combo. I think we talked about that as more of a police procedural. But Gun Crazy is one of the most it's, important, it's, iconic film noirs. Would you recommend this?
0: I, I would absolutely recommend this. It's short. If you like Mysteries a la Alfred Hitchcock Presents, or you like those old 70s TV shows like Columbo or she wrote in the 80s, really could have been a TV episode. It really does remind me of these gothic novels Daphne Demore. That Alfred Hitchcock actually made movies of, like *Jamaica Inn*, which took place in Cornwall, and *Rebecca*, and this idea of a woman in peril. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like this one, where she kind of comes up a way to solve this herself. She never gives in to their gaslighting, and so I, I liked it. What about you?
1: I did enjoy it. I, I don't go. You have to see this. This is like a very cool movie. It's like I liked it. If somebody was saying was to say. You know, I watched this movie. My name is Julia Ross, you know, because I had watched this movie, Dead of Winter, like when I was a kid in the 80s or something. And uh, I saw that it was a remake, so I went and watched Julia Ross. I I would say, oh, we did that on the podcast. I've seen that several times now. And it's good, but it doesn't rise to that where I go, "There there are movies we do that, you know, you go, people should be checking this out. You really owe it to yourself. I can't say that about this one but it's good. I would never dissuade. We've done a couple movies that if somebody said, should I watch this movie? I go, listen to our episode. Yeah. We, I think we actually said that about the being, which is my choice. You know, So there are a couple movies that we've done that I go, I would actively tell people, you don't watch this. This one, I liked it. But it is in that area for me where I, I'm not going to say, you have to see this. Joseph Lewis's Gun Crazy is absolutely one you should check out.
0: I think maybe if you're if you watch Joseph Lewis, Gun Crazy, The Big Combo, and you want to step back and say, okay, how did he progress from his career from making B westerns yeah. to making these renowned film the bar movies, this was one of his steps. And you could see the camera Absolutely. work that he was.
1: Camera doing work into. is great. You know, the acting is great. There's not. yeah, like I said, there's nothing I say you shouldn't watch this. But it doesn't rise to that level like, of I'm going to pro, kind of proselytize. Yeah, you're like, saying,
0: oh, it's a forgotten classic. Go movie. see yeah.
1: this, you know. It's like, <laughs> go see it. So, so yeah, that's that's my take. It was. I'm glad I saw it. That's one. That's what I. That's what I was too. And
0: I was glad it was 65 minutes. Like, man, that's nice. Like, that's concise.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible thing, but there. Sometimes you, I do look at the length of a movie and. That is a determining factor. (laughs) If uh, I put it on the list, you know, I think the Colossus of Rhodes, when I saw (laughs) that thing was like two hours, I just kind of went, Jason, what are you doing, buddy? We both have such a backlog of B-movies that we've watched in our lives that we can put on here. I actively sometimes look for something neither of us have seen, so we can watch something new.
0: And that's why I chose this one, because it was also from the 40s and... Every once in a while I have a discussion with someone and who, who like I consider a film fan They're like, oh, I don't watch anything Yeah, you know, people from, who are black
1: and white Yeah, or I don't subtitles. want to watch a
0: black and white or subtitles I'm like, well, why? And they're like, oh, you know and, and there's no real reason, it's just they're not exposed to it So every once in a while I'm like, you know what? This was a decent, concise movie I've never seen it before And I'm like, oh, it is something a little different I, I, I enjoyed it
1: Yeah you know? That brings us to the end. We probably have talked longer about this movie than the movie is. So,
0: Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen.
1: And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: And check out our website. This is Bearing movies I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Michael.